0: Hey there, welcome to The tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, as a lifelong aquarist, I've had a lot of good, bad, and awful experiences playing with aquariums, like many of you. I've experienced and endured stuff that pushed the limits of what I thought I could tolerate. Uh, adapting the botanical-style aquarium approach, or the ideas behind it, about, uh, about 18 years ago now, was a pretty radical departure from what was known comfortable and easy to me. It involved adopting a new mindset, creating a new comfort level, and an entirely different approach. Now, for many years, I was a firm believer in the, you know, remove whatever when it shows up in your tank, that kind of philosophy of aquarium management, you know, remove algae, remove detritus, remove whatever. Everything had to be scrupulously clean it makes sense that I'd have that mindset. I was raised in the hobby during the era of, you know, technology and water quality, wherein the doctrine was essentially to scrub out or remove anything which went against the goal of crystal clear water and spotless substrates. As you know, my mindset has sort of shifted over the years to the point where I'm almost the diametric opposite of that mindset. And being a philosopher of all things aquatic, I've expended a lot of mental energy over the years trying to figure out why this doctrine of spotlessness arose in the first place and why it's stuck in the hobby for so long. I mean, I think I figured it out why it started. In the mid 20th century, we finally figured out the way to, you know, control natural processes via a combination of technique and technology. You know, the accumulation of detritus, turbid water, algae, all that kind of stuff. We got a handle on that. Now think about the late 1950s and 1960s and the aquarium hobby, the golden age as a lot of people call it. Filtration technology, pumps, filter media, lighting, heaters, all that stuff all began to evolve and reach prominence. The possibilities were really endless for hobbyists. The desire to control nature and bring a piece of it into our suburban living rooms was just irresistible. The we can do anything mindset, which arose out of the space race, I think, or at least the space age. It trickled down into virtually every human endeavor including of course aquarium keeping i mean so why would you want algae turbid water and detritus when this filter will provide you with crystal clear algae and detritus free water by just plugging the thing in you know that was the kind of mentality and i think that began the desire to control all sorts of parameters in our aquariums to wrangle control from nature The idea of crystal clear water and spotlessness was sort of a overcompensation for almost a century of, you know, being at the mercy of nature, I guess, and not really understanding what was occurring in our tanks and why technology gave us the ability to circumvent things which represented our lack of control of nature. And this mindset has been pervasive for decades in the hobby, and I think that's evident in many different approaches to aquarium keeping right now it's pervasive and it's impacted the popular perception of what aquariums should be like and look like. Okay, big lead up there. My point to this. The botanical style aquarium that we play with is fundamentally different than what is currently espoused in the aquarium hobby. It functions and looks different than virtually any other type of aquarium that you'll typically see. This is a you know because it, it, there's a completely different set of expectations and that goes along with this approach. And yeah, It can even be seen as a bit of a spiritual journey too, leading some people to feel like they're getting some enlightenment and education about nature from a totally unique perspective. That's important to grasp. You know, the energy, the attitude, and the creativity that you bring with you on this journey tends to become amplified during the experience. And as you work with botanicals or botanical style aquariums, your mind sort of takes you to different places. You let go of old preconceptions about the hobby and embrace new ideas for how your aquarium's microcosm can evolve. Every tank, like every hobbyist, is different, and different inspirations arise. We don't want everybody walking away feeling the same thing, quite the opposite, actually. The uniqueness of each aquarium is largely part of the experience. The experience itself is largely about discovery. I know I'm getting like a really meta here, but look, as our aquariums, when we think about it, our aquariums evolve, as do the materials that we put within them. We've discussed this concept many, many times here, but it's one that we keep coming back to. It's a huge part of why our aquariums look and function so differently than standard aquariums in the first place. If we think of an aquarium as we do a natural aquatic ecosystem, it's certainly realistic to assume that some of the materials in the ecosystem will change, redistribute, or completely decompose over time. There are many times during the establishment of your aquariums, and it applies to a lot of aquarium types, but I'm specifically focusing on the botanical style aquarium here. There's a lot of times when you might be challenged to persevere by what you see happening in your tank. For example, oftentimes you'll see turbid, tinted water, stringy biofilms, and detritus building up in your tanks. Your aquarium water may appear turbid at various times. We're pretty comfortable with this idea around here. However, some of you may not be. As bacteria act to break down botanical materials, they impart a bit of cloudiness to the water. Also, just materials such as lignin and good old terrestrial dirt and soils find their way into our tanks at times with botanicals, and that gets into the water column. Some of these inputs, such as soils, are intentional. You know, when we use our you know aquatic plant soils or our nature-based products that we make here, others are the unintended byproduct of the materials that we use, like you know botanical leaves, wood, uh, you know bark, etc. They look, you know, the look is definitely different than what we as aquarists have been indoctrinated to accept as normal. One of my good friends in botanical style aquarium you know, freaks, calls this phenomenon flavor. And we see it as sort of in the ultimate expression of a truly natural-looking aquarium, a lot of flavor in there. Yeah, the water itself becomes part of the attraction. The color, the texture, the clarity of the water is uh, those things are as engrossing and fascinating as the materials that affect it. It's something that you either love or you simply absolutely hate. (laughs) Everyone who ventures into this method of aquarium keeping needs to make their own determination of whether or not they like it. Need a bit more convincing to embrace the charm of the water itself in botanical style aquariums? We'll simply look at a natural underwater habitat such as an igapo or a flooded Varzea grassland and see for yourself the allure of these dynamic habitats and how they're ripe for replication in the aquarium. You'll understand how the terrestrial materials impact the now aquatic environment, the function and the aesthetic fundamental to the philosophy of the botanical style aquarium approach. Now, speaking of the impact of terrestrial materials on the aquatic habitat, remember too that just like in nature, if new botanicals are added into the aquarium as others break down, you'll have a more or less continuous influx of materials to help provide enrichment to the aquatic environment. This type of renewal causes a very dynamic, ever-changing physical environment while keeping water chemistry changes to a minimum when you think about it, it's consistency it's the perfect analog to the concept of allochthonous input, which occurs in the wild aquatic habitats. Uh, that's materials from outside the aquatic environment, such as the surrounding forest, entering and influencing the aquatic environment. We've talked about that a lot. Take these discoveries into the aquarium and you have something very different than what we've embraced as a hobby for, I don't know, generations. For many years, playing with this idea was considered a problem. We had well-founded fears about this process, the look, and the management of these types of aquariums, based on generations of established ideas and techniques that told us this was contrary to proper aquarium maintenance—a problem. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think that the problem of botanical-style blackwater tanks for years was that we saw them as dirty, you know, dangerous, not sustainable, whatever. We didn't look at the blackwater environment as one that required that we meet a specific set of parameters. We didn't look at it, you know, at keeping botanical style blackwater aquariums as an endeavor that required an understanding of the processes involved and developing technique and practices to accomplish our goals. Rather, we as hobbyists saw this foreboding dark environment which had oftentimes a low pH, decomposing leaves, detritus, and all sorts of seemingly contrarian scary processes. We, the aquarium hobby, made it a problem. As a hobby, I think we make a lot of stuff problems. When you think about it, many concepts in aquarium keeping started out as problems or were considered impossible until somebody made them work now sure i get the fact that nature imposes rules that we you know on what we can do there are consequences often dire to trying to break or circumvent natural processes for example trying to avoid the nitrogen cycle or attempting to keep incompatible fishes together you know predator and prey or whatever much of this stuff is common sense however it doesn't keep a lot of people from trying to beat the system Think of all the products out there to try to, you know, instantly establish your aquarium system or avoid water changes, all that kind of stuff. Now, look, I'm all for trying new ideas, pushing limits of what's possible and questioning the status quo in the aquarium hobby. However, trying to game (laughs) eons of natural processes in order to create some sort of a hack doesn't only not work. It's just stupid. That is a problem that we create. You can, however, push the limits and break new ground by working within the boundaries of natural processes. That's advancement, that's progress, that's innovation. Many of us are working every day to progress in the hobby. It took doing things that we hadn't previously done before, researching exactly what it was, what is required to create an aquarium ecology, and doing some things which were perceived by the majority of hobbyists as unconventional to get there. But we did. And now, We approach keeping botanical-style blackwater aquariums not as a problem to overcome, but as an approach which requires us to do specific things in order to be successful. Among the most important things we can do is push through mentally when we see how natural processes play out in our aquarium, how they impact its aesthetics, and how we view ourselves in the broader aquarium community. We do stuff differently around here. It's deemed unconventional by the vast majority of hobbyists. It's a different mindset than 90% of the aquarium world embraces. It opens you up to questions and criticisms in some quarters, particularly where other hobbyists have not grasped the idea and have not freed themselves from the pervasive hobby mindset which dictates what an aquarium is supposed to be like. Yep, we're different. Our processes are different, our mindset and our expectations are different, and the results that we see are different. The simple fact of the matter is, when we add botanical materials to an aquarium and accept what occurs as a result regardless of whether our intent is just to create a different aesthetic or perhaps something more, we are, to a very real extent, replicating the processes and the influences that occur in wild aquatic habitats in nature. The presence of botanical materials like leaves in these aquatic habitats is foundational to their existence as it is to our aquarium approach. And the fact that they recruit biofilms and fungal growth and break down over time in our tanks is simply part of the natural process. We can consider this a problem, which needs to be mitigated somehow, or we can make the effort to understand how these processes and occurrences can benefit the little microcosms which we've created in our aquariums. It's about understanding, education, and acceptance. As aquarium hobbyists, those of us who take this route are in a unique position to learn more about and recreate the functions of nature in our aquariums. We have the opportunity to go beyond the long-held suppositions of what is healthy for an aquarium. We have the opportunity to innovate. Whether you're you know, challenged after embracing, you know, your first botanical-style aquarium, or whether you're seeing stuff which they tell you is unwelcome, unattractive, or even dangerous, ask yourself how this conclusion was reached. Question why it is considered, you know, undesirable. Look at how your fishes are doing, and study the processes which are occurring in your tank, and how similar, you know, processes arise in the wild habitats that we seek to replicate. Which is why the reality of a botanical-style aquarium is that it's perhaps one of the best ways to bring nature into our home, to blur the lines between nature and aquarium. Sure, planted aquariums give us a similar challenge, but the botanical-style aquarium challenges us in different ways. It tasks us to accept nature in all of its beauty. And yeah, it makes us accept that there is beauty in things like decomposition, biofilm, detritus, and algal growth, things which we as aquarists might have been indoctrinated to loathe over the years. We just have to let go sometimes and trust in nature, Trust that nature will move things along the correct path. Nature finds a way. Nature knows how to do this. Don't let the hobbies, preconceived notions of what things are supposed to be like, deter you. Push through. Stay focused. Stay observant. Stay bold. Stay diligent. Stay with it. Like me, I'm pushing through with my voice here. I'm losing it. And always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. And I look forward to seeing you with a better voice on the next installment of The Tin.